0: And I want to talk to you this morning about something that the devil just cannot handle. There is one thing, if you have this in your life, I'm going to tell you right now, the devil can't handle it. He just, it's it's like his kryptonite, I guess you could say. Uh, for lack of a better term, you know, not trying to look carnal or anything, but it, I think it's a good term. Something that if you have this in your life, the devil, there's just not much that he can do to you. And so let's go to look at Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13. We're going to take a look at the devil because we find out one of his greatest weapons that he uses is the very thing that brought him down. It's the thing that destroyed him. And in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13, it says, "...thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle." And gold, the workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore... I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. And I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, and they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thy iniquities. By the iniquity of thy traffic, therefore will I bring thee forth a fire from the midst of thee, and it shall devour thee. And I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. And they shall know thee among the people, and shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be anymore. And I don't know about you, but I get excited when I read that passage to you know that one of these days, Satan is going to be done. He's going to be finished. he is going to be defeated. And then if you go over to Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12, I want us to look, we kind of see uh, many of some of the same things said. We, and it says in verse 12, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which is weak in the nation's? For thou, he, said, he asked the question, How? what made you fall? What was it that brought you down? And it's the same thing it says in Ezekiel. It mentioned how he was lifted up because of his beauty. Satan got so full of himself, he was, had so much pride, he ended up, it ended up bringing about his fall. It was his pride. And in verse 13, he says, for thou hast said in thine heart... He didn't even have the guts to say it out loud, but he said it in his heart. He said, I will ascend into heaven... I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heavens of the clouds. I will or up by the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Notice that I, I, I will, I will. Pride, pride is what Satan is all about. In verse fifteen, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake kingdoms? That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof? That opened not the house of his prisoners? All the kings of the nations, even all of them lie in glory, every one in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch. And as the raiment of those that are slain thrust through with the sword that go down to the stones of the pit and a carcass trodden underfoot. Thou shalt not be joined with them in burial because thou hast destroyed thy land and slain thy people. The seed of evildoers shall never be renowned. So notice just right here, I love this passage because it mentions when Satan finally, when it's revealed to us who he is, when we finally see him, when we see him, we are going to be shocked that he was ever able to do anything. When we see Satan with our own eyes, we are going to be amazed that he was able to make a mess like he did in this world. We're going to be amazed that he ever influenced any of us one bit. But I believe the reason we're going to say that is because at that point we will have seen Christ. And when we have seen Christ with our own eyes, when our faith becomes sight, we are going to realize that Satan never should have had a chance with us. Satan never should have been able to do a thing. I mean, we had the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. We had God on our side. Why did we ever suffer any defeat at all? You know, once we look at Satan, you know, looking at Satan, even though we can't see him for real now, what we know about Satan, well, when we compare him with us, he's a pretty intimidating character. But when we see him next to Christ, we're going to realize that he's nothing. But yet... Satan, we see the reason that he fell, it clearly was because of pride. Satan is the embodiment of pride. Satan is where pride began and pride is one of his main tools that he uses. It was the main tool he used to bring about the fall of man. When Eve looked at that fruit and she saw that it was a fruit to make one wise, he used that. He said, hey, if you eat that fruit, you'll be like God's knowing good and evil. God's holding something back from you, and Eve got lifted up with pride. Satan used the very thing that brought her down. Satan tried to use the same thing with Jesus Christ. He you know he told him, Hey, if if you're really the Christ, if you're really the Son of God, you know, jump off this pinnacle of the temple here. And your angels will bear you up. You know, and what do we do whenever we get challenged? We got to prove ourselves, don't we? Why? Because of pride. But Jesus didn't have that problem. He just quoted Scripture to him. But Satan tried to use that on Jesus. didn't work, but yet the Bible is full of examples of people who were brought down by pride. Evil men, like Nebuchadnezzar, got lifted up with pride, got looking at his kingdom one day, and thought, man, I am something. And you know what God did? God gave him the heart of a beast, and for seven years he lived like an animal. And then God gave him his reasoning back, and he, he humbled him. In a great way. Belshazzar, his uh, son, same thing. Men like Herod. We read the story a while back how the people said it's the voice of a God and he didn't give glory to God and he was eaten of worms right there. Pride brought Herod down. Pride brought even good men down. Guys like David got lifted up with pride and thought he was above his own rules that he had. Men like Solomon. Men like Samson. They got lifted up with pride and it ended up destroying them. It ended up hurting them greatly. And what's interesting about Satan's main attribute being proud I think his, two of his main attributes are the fact that he's proud and he's a liar. Those are two main things about Satan. And it's interesting because Jesus's greatest attributes that we see in the Bible are one his humility. Okay, he was God, yet look at what Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 says. It says Even the death of the cross, and you know as a result that God has, He's highly exalted Him, given Him a name that is above every name. And also another thing about Jesus, He's truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I mean, Jesus, Satan, just complete opposites. And one of Jesus' main attributes was His humility. One of Satan's main attributes is His pride. And it is amazing how Satan over and over and over again he gets people to fall because of pride. And you know another thing that's kind of interesting about Satan is when you look at him, you study him. Is just the names of Satan. The meaning of the name of Jesus and Satan. Okay, the meaning of the name of Jesus is Savior or Deliverer. Okay, now here we have Jesus who is holy. He's righteous. Yet he looked at sinful man, and what did he do? He came and he he delivered us from our sins. He paid for our sins. Okay? And then Satan, the very name Satan, it means contrary, Okay, one who's against us, adversary, enemy, and accuser. Think about it. Satan's the one that gets us to sin, and then he accuses us to God. I've known some people like that before. i worked with a guy like that. He would get people mad. He would get them to do something they shouldn't, and then he'd, he'd rat them out. He'd tattle on them. And that's what Satan does. The Bible calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. The Bible mentions Satan as an adversary. We're going to look more in that in a little bit. But it is very clear from the Scriptures, though, that there is not much that Satan can do to a person who is humble. Okay? That is a complete opposite of Satan. When you are humble, you are being absolutely contrary to Satan. And Satan, who is contrary, he is going to try to get us to do the very opposite of what we should do. And pride, over and over again, is destroying people. It brings people down. And if we would just be humble, and it shouldn't be hard for us to be humble. If we just read our Bibles a little bit, if we would just get a little close to God, we're going to get humble real quick. We'd be like Isaiah. When he got in the presence of God, he didn't say, wow, look at me. He said, woe is me, didn't he? And a problem with us, we're getting getting—we're not close to God. We get lifted up with pride. And then Satan knocks us down every time. He gets us every time. And so it is very clear from the Scriptures there's not much he can do. So what can we do to arm ourselves with this lethal weapon against Satan that we call, call humility? What can you do? And I believe the first thing you need to do to just defeat the devil is humble yourself and receive humility the free gift of salvation. Now, I know this sounds real simple and it sounds real elementary here, but the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yet, Satan is getting millions and millions of people to go to hell every day. You know why? Because they think they can save themselves. They think that they can get to heaven by their own works. And I'm here today to tell you that only pride will allow you to think that you can get to heaven on your own. Only pride will cause you to think that you are good enough to go to heaven. Only pride would cause you to think that you don't deserve to go to hell. And what you need to do, if you're going to be saved, the Bible says you need to become as a little child. Well, that takes some humility, doesn't it? You need to admit that you can't save yourself. You've got to admit that. If you're going to be saved, you've got to admit that you cannot save yourself. Many people today are sitting in churches not because God wants them to be there, but because they're thinking, I need to do this so I can go to heaven, trying to save themselves. They'll do good works thinking this is going to help my chances of going into heaven. They'll donate to a charity. They'll do some kind of you know charitable act or they'll do some good work for someone else thinking this is definitely going to help my chances of getting into heaven. And right there, they don't even realize that Satan is getting them with pride. I mean, how dare you think that you're good enough to go to heaven? How dare you think that... What? Jesus, for you to think that you're good enough to go to heaven is to say that Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross was for nothing. If you're good enough to save yourself, why did Jesus have to die for your sins? Why did He go to that cross? You do understand He willingly laid His life down. You do realize when those soldiers came for Him and He acknowledged that it was Him... They all fell down backwards, didn't they? The only reason those soldiers took Jesus was because He let them. You didn't realize that Jesus could have called for legions of angels to come and take Him off that cross. At any point, He could have stopped that crucifixion if He wanted to, but He didn't. He, no man took His life. He laid down His life. And He did that for us so we could be saved And yet, there are people out there that are trying to. They're so full of pride, thinking, you know what, I can get to heaven on my own. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm good enough, and that is pride. And the very thing that is going to get the devil thrown into hell is going to get those people thrown into hell. You just got to admit, you cannot save yourself. You know, many people they just they struggle to admit that they deserve hell. That, that's where a lot of people have a hard time. If they have a hard time thinking, you know, I understand you, know, I'm a sinner, okay, I get the fact that I'm a sinner, but eternity in hell, do I really deserve that? you know am, am I, I'm not that bad. I don't deserve that, but listen, we don't understand how bad our sin is. We don't understand you know what it meant when man fell and we, we, you know why? because we're left with pride. I don't deserve that type of thing. I don't deserve this type of treatment. I don't deserve that kind of behavior. You know that, That's pride right there telling you that. Pride tells you you do not deserve those things. But a person who is humble, they understand, man, I, I deserve it. I deserve to die and go to hell. And what you've got to do is you it's time that you just rely completely on Jesus Christ for your salvation. And what, what does that mean? It means we're giving Him all the credit. I say that I know that I'm saved, but it's not because I'm a good person. It's not because I go to church. It's because I believe that what Jesus did on the cross was enough to pay for my sins. I believe that his word is true. I believe it by faith. I don't you know, I didn't go to get saved. I didn't go on some, you know, expedition on the other side of the world where I, you know, went up, explored this area. I found this secret cave where has this hidden knowledge that you know only those with you know great Indiana Jones skill can find it and if you find it you'll be enlightened and understand. It was none of that. I read the Bible. It says believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. As simple as that and I believe it and I'm just trusting that Jesus Christ is going to keep his word. I've got nothing else other than what the Word of God says and the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of me. I'm relying on Him for my salvation. It's not about what I do. It's not about my works. It's not about how good I am. And you know, that takes a little bit of humility. And many people, they're not willing to do that. No, there's got to be more. No, you've got to do something. You've got to get dunked at least. You've got to speak in tongues. You've got to, you've got to see some kind of miracle. You've got to do the seven sacraments. Surely there's more than that. No. Rely completely on Christ, and a person who will do that, who will humble themselves, that person can be saved. But a person who will not, a person, you, you know, the devil has no problem with you going to church. He has no problem with you doing good works as long as you don't get saved. As long as you don't do the one thing he cannot do, and that is humble yourself. He can't do that. And if you will do that, that you will. Probably end up getting saved. And, but most people, they're not going to do that. And the devil is getting people by the millions and billions with pride thinking it's all about them. And you go, you go ask the average person down the street, hey, why do you believe you're going to heaven? And they're going to talk about themselves the whole time. They're not going to talk about Jesus Christ. They're going to talk about themselves. That's pride right there. Satan does a lot of talking about himself. And so another thing that you can do to be humble is have a submissive spirit with people. Look at First Peter chapter five and verse five. Okay, now some of you might not like this, but you know, just remember that's that's the devil. Okay, the devil he's this he's he's good at getting us caught up in pride. First Peter five five. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Boy, we hate that word submission, don't we? Oh man, I mean that that word submission. It's a very politically incorrect term. Especially when you use it in reference to wives submitting to the husbands. I mean, oh, come on, this is 2016, right? And y'all, we're not even going to talk about that. We talked about that last week, okay? The rules are still the same in 2016. But notice, uh, he says, Submit yourself unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Your adversary. Remember one of the meanings of Satan's name? Adversary. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same affliction are accomplished in you, brethren, that are in the world. So, notice how he mentions, he's talking about humbling yourself being clothed with humility, and then what does he do? He mentions the devil, okay? The devil is not going to just sit by and allow a group of people in a church to humble themselves like that. You see, what happens when a church starts humbling themselves, when they clothe themselves in humility, when they start submitting one to another, you know what happens? Cooperation ends up happening and things end up getting accomplished for God. And if we want our church to be destroyed, all we need to do is we need to get a bunch of people lifted up with pride. All you have to do, just get pride in your heart. I don't have to listen to what that preacher says. What is he trying to tell me what to do? Man, he's half my age. You know, he doesn't he doesn't know nothing. That uh, you know, that young whippersnapper. But you know what? It takes a little it takes some humility to have a pastor who is younger than you. And maybe and you know what? The pastor, he might not even be as wise as you. Okay, I mean, if you're twice my age, you probably got a lot of wisdom that I don't have yet. But you come and you listen anyway. That takes submission. I mean, I have no legal authority over anybody here, do I? I mean, I there's I can't there's nothing I can do to make anybody do anything here. But if you come and you listen. To me, preach from the Bible and you do the things that I've taught you from the scriptures, that takes humility, doesn't it? That does. I mean, you know, it's, it's humbling enough to pull over on a road, okay, for a police officer that's carrying a gun, okay? Isn't that humbling when you have to go? and just pull over and you're sitting there and, you know, and everybody's driving by. like, please don't let anybody see me. You know, please. The first time I ever got a speeding ticket, that happened. I was coming back from a meeting somewhere and I was hoping that policeman would hurry up and get done because I knew a bunch of people from my church were going to be driving by and were going to see me. And you know what? He took forever and they did. They all saw me. And, and you know They didn't just keep driving. They all stopped at a gas station up the road and watched. Yeah! Now, you talk about humbling. That was humbling. I did not appreciate that one bit. And I'm telling you right now, that was humbling. But you know what? I did. I, I submitted. You know why I submitted? Because if I would have ran, he would have chased me. And if he, he probably would have caught me. And then he would have pulled a gun on me. And then they would have taken me to jail. And so you know what? I submitted myself. I went ahead and I humbled myself. And to me... That doesn't take a lot of humility to pull over for a police officer, does it? because look at what he can do to you. okay But when you humble yourself here, when I can't do anything to you, that's real humility right there. That's what that kind of thing right there pleases God. When you go and you just read a book, okay you read the, I mean you read God's word. And you do what it says when there's nobody twisting your arm. There's no policeman coming after you. You know, no, There's no policeman are going to come to your house and point a gun at you because you didn't go to church. It's not going to happen. But you do it anyway. Folks, that takes humility right there. And God is pleased with that type of thing. But not just listening to what the preacher says. Okay? Bible talk, It's talking in here, not just submitting to the elder, but also, he says, yea, all of you be subject to one to another. As a church, there are things that we do. You know, there are different ministries that uh, as we grow, we're going to have that you can be a part of. And you know what? We need, a lot of, we need people who will just be followers and will cooperate with others. And you know, if somebody else, maybe they have a part in the ministry of the church, maybe somebody's a choir, they decide to be a choir director. Okay? Maybe they're younger than you. Maybe they're not as smart as you. Maybe they you know, don't even sing as good as you. But you know what? If they're the choir director, you ought to submit to them and you ought to cooperate in practice. You ought to sing the songs that they ask you to sing and do the song the way they want you to do it, even if you think you know better. Okay? Whatever that position is, you, know, you listen to the people around you. You do the things they tell you to do. You cooperate one with another. But boy, you know what happens a lot of time in churches? People, I don't have to listen to them. I don't have to do what they said. I know better than them. So what? Why don't you clothe yourself with humility, put on a little bit of humility, and just go along? And if you really are the one that should have that position, the Bible says that He'll exalt you in due time. Okay? If you, I mean,. It, you might think you would be a better pastor here. Man, I could pastor this church way better than Brother Tommy. Listen, if that's the case, if you will humble yourself and just follow, if you really would be better, I think God could get me out of the way and get you here. But you know what? Most people know they get lifted up with pride. They get in a hurry. They try to take shortcuts. And the devil gets in and it goes downhill real fast. And so submit yourself one to another, cooperate with each other, learn how to work with others in the spirit of submission. But you know why people fight? The Bible says in Proverbs 13.10, you know why there's contention in church? There's only one reason, only by pride cometh contention. Pride. That's how fighting gets going on in the church. If you're fighting with somebody in the church, admit you have a pride problem. And just understand that it's only a matter of time and the devil is going to get you. The devil is going to bring you down. He always does with pride. It brought him down and he, he'll take you down with him. You're going to go down with him too if you have pride. But when you humble yourself, there's nothing he can do. You know, Be willing to go without being recognized for what you do. Now, listen a minute. We all like getting recognized. We all like a compliment every now and then. But you know what? Sometimes you're not going to get what you deserve. That can be good or bad. And the truth is we need to be, we ought to be willing to go without any recognition. Maybe you go above and beyond and, and nobody notices. Maybe I, I, I don't notice or I don't say anything. You don't get any recognition. Do you realize that it is pride that demands recognition. It's pride that causes you to be upset by that. And you know what? Sometimes, he's like, well, I just can't help it. I get mad. But you know what? You've, you've got to learn to. Okay, We all struggle with this sometimes. It's the devil. He's using it. He uses it against us, but we have got to just learn. Say, so, you know what? I don't care. I'm not doing this for the recognition. You know, Be willing to exalt others above your own self. Be willing to make other people look good. We read it a little bit from Philippians chapter 2. And uh, verse 5, we're talking about how Jesus humbled Himself, became obedient. But before that, in verse 3, it said, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Sometimes people do things in the church just to impress other people. A lot of times they've got to get in competition with each other. Hey, don't do anything for strife or vainglory. Okay, vainglory, just wanting recognition. You know, wanting to be you know called out and uh, you know, made to look good, wanting to get some kind of award. Don't do anything for strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. okay? Look at everybody like they're better than you. That's what the Bible says. Look, now what do we do? We do the opposite. We like to figure out who we're better than, and we try to feel good about it. But the Bible says, let each esteem other better than himself. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also. On the things of others, you realize there are things that you can do that make you can make other people look good, and that that's okay. Do that, you know. Be willing to do that. That takes humility to make other people look good instead of making yourself look good. It it takes humility. But many people they don't want to do that. If they're not going to get their recognition, then forget it. And but we need to have a submissive spirit with each other. If we because that takes humility, the Bible says being clothed with humility. And but if we're not going to do that, just be careful, because our adversary, Satan, the one contrary to us, he's going to he's going to pounce on us. But then we've got to learn to submit ourselves to the Word of God. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 20, I want you to turn over there. Matthew chapter 16 and verse twenty. I've always liked this story about Peter, and it says in verse twenty, uh, or right right before this story, Jesus had asked his disciples, "Whom do men say that I am?" And you may remember they're all guessing. You know, some say you're Elias, some say you're one of the prophets, and then Peter he stands up and he says, "Thou art the Christ," which basically he's, which Christ the Messiah, the same thing. He's like, "You're the Messiah." You're the Son of the Living God. And Jesus, boy, you know, he complimented him for that. You know, Peter, and I think Peter kind of got excited about it. I mean, he's like, flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you. You know, the, the Holy God, he revealed this to you. And he tells me, he says, You know, he says, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against thee. He's like, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so imagine Peter after hearing this. He's probably feeling pretty good, isn't he? I mean, Peter's probably thinking, Man, I really nailed it. I mean, all the other disciples, they guessed wrong. I got it right. And then in verse 21, or 20, it said, "...then charged ye his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth, Jesus began to show his disciples how that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, "...be it far from thee, Lord." This shall not be unto thee. Can you imagine taking Jesus and grabbing Him and saying, no, you're not going to do this? Okay, now who does that? Well, somebody who's lifted up with pride a little bit. Somebody who thinks they know better than God. I don't know. The way I read this, I just see Peter getting the big head. The disciples were always arguing over who was the greatest, weren't they? And I I just can picture Peter always leading that discussion. I picture Peter thinking, it has to be me. It's got to be me. And sure enough, after he answered that question right that all the other disciples got wrong, he's thinking, that's it. I have won. I am the greatest in the kingdom. And he got feeling so big, he's thinking, you know what? I can tell Jesus what to do. Okay, That's what happens when you get lifted up with pride. But notice after he says this, what Jesus says, but he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Now, Satan... Why did he call him Satan? Was this Satan speaking? Or you know, was he acting like... Well, whoa, that's pretty hard right there, isn't it? You know, imagine going from man, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven to get thee behind me, Satan. Whoa! Why did He call Him Satan? Well, remember that meaning of Satan's name. Adversary. You see, God had a plan. Jesus had to do all those things. And Peter was trying to stop Him. Peter was trying to go against him. Peter did not like the idea of that. Peter did not want it to be done that way. And many times, we are the same way. God has told us, how we should do some things. God has told us what needs to be done. He's given us instruction in His Word. And what do people do all the time? They get lifted up with pride and they're like, you know what, we're not going to do it that way. We're not going to do things God's way anymore. You know what, it's 2016, things are different now. Hey, get thee behind me, Satan. You know what, you're going against God. You're going against His plan. You're going against His Word. At that point, you are an adversary. You are Satan. Satan. Satan, adversary, same thing. And Peter is going against the will of God. And you know what? Even though Peter calms down right here, we see that later on, when the soldiers did come to take Jesus, Peter still hadn't completely submitted yet, did he? Because what did he do? He took his sword and tried, I believe he tried to take the soldier's head off. And I think the guy kind of ducked like that and he cut his ear off. You know, and then Jesus told Peter, Put up your sword. They that take the sword will perish with the sword. He went and healed the guy's ear right there. And Peter's upset. Peter's down. This was not the way he wanted things to be. He follows Jesus afar off as he's taken and he's being judged. as They're mocking him. And they're punching him. And they're doing all these things. And Peter's just standing there watching him. And then three times he denied that he even knew who Jesus Christ was problem with Peter, he, got, he ended up getting brought down really low. You know why? Because he got lifted up with pride. And you know what? We need to learn to just obey the Bible even when it doesn't make sense or seem fair. You know, there's things that we might see in the Bible, we don't really like it. It doesn't go with what we want. But you know what? Why don't you humble yourself and just obey it anyway? Why don't you go ahead and obey it even when you don't like it? Even when you see things like love your enemies and bless them, that bless them that curse you. Do good to them which despitefully hate you and persecute you. We don't want to do that. But when you, that goes completely against our human nature, doesn't it? But when you are obedient, okay, that's humbling yourself. When somebody, maybe you're at work and somebody mocks you or somebody accuses you or they do something to you. You know what everyone expects you to do at work? They expect you to do something right back to them. But when you don't, when you humble yourself, maybe when you walk away, you end up, you know, it'll hurt your pride. Everyone else thinks you should have belted the guy or you should have really told him off or just cussed him out or whatever. But you know what? You humble yourself. You do the right thing. And you know what? Sometimes when you do the right thing, you know, people are always like, hey, just do the right thing and you'll feel great. Not at first. Sometimes when you do the right thing, it feels really bad. Now, I believe eventually you'll feel good because of it, but sometimes it takes a really long time. <laughs> it feels bad sometimes when you do the right thing. But you humble yourself. You do it anyway. That Satan... He, he can't do anything when we're being obedient to God. And if he does do anything, it's only because God's allowing him to. And if God allows him to do something, it's only because God is going to use that for some greater purpose. I mean, we can't lose when we are being humble. Satan, there is—he he can't handle it. So, the last thing we need to do is just stay close to God. Stay close to God. James chapter 4, verse 5 says, "...Do you think the scripture saith in vain, the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy?" But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud. Okay, God resisteth. God works against those with pride, but giveth grace to the humble. God, I mean, he's doing good to them, even when they don't deserve it. So he says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay? Resist him, and he'll flee from you. Okay? Just from resisting, okay? Now, it seems, now something. this is weird because, okay, if somebody's trying to get you, okay, if, if, I, if somebody's trying to kill you, to get them to run usually takes more than just trying to fight them off, doesn't it? Okay? It takes you doing something back to them. Okay? You've got to do something to make them think that, hey, instead of me killing them, they're going to kill me. Okay? Just resisting is not enough. Because especially if they think they can overpower you, but the Bible says when we resist the devil, he will flee from us. Okay. Well, how do we resist the devil? It tells in the next verse: draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Okay. Draw nigh to God. When we get close to God, Satan can't do it. He can't do anything to us. When we get close to God, and see, and that's humbling ourselves, okay? Now, you all might think I was a wimp, all right? If I went and some somebody came after church and they decide they're going to, you know, they tell me they're going to beat me up, and then I go and I I go hide behind Brother Pete. You know, I'm, 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 you know I think, man, Brother Tommy's he's, he's a wimp. But you know what? Yeah, that's that's kind of humbling doing that. But I got less chance of getting beat up if they got to go through Brother Pete, don't I? <laughs> and the truth is, that's the same thing with God. You know what? Many people they get in trouble because they think they can handle the devil. We've just got to admit we can't handle the devil and hide behind God. And once he sees God, he's gonna run. I remember one time we were visiting, we were out knocking doors at a place in LaSalle. Sound. It was a pretty rough area, and there were these guys that were kind of messing around. There were these girls that were out there visiting, and these guys, I remember, they had, uh, they had. I don't remember all they had done, but they decided they were gonna scare these girls, and just about the time when the guy was getting ready to come around the corner these other two guys big guys from my dad's church had kind of joined up with the group and was walking in front of those girls these were big guys and i will never forget this guy all of a sudden he comes walking around real fast with a bat and the girls like all kind of got scared and then that guy saw those two big guys and he he turned around <laughs> and by the time we got the man he was gone disappeared and we went up by our van and they had put a board there and they wrote 666 and you know, red on there. It supposed to look like blood. And, but you know, they acted all tough until they saw those big guys and then they ran. And you know what? Satan is not scared of us one bit. But he's terrified of God. And if we'll draw nigh to God, okay, if we'll resist the devil, and the way we resist the devil is by drawing nigh to God. The problem with us, we're always playing with sin. And when you play with sin, you're just going right along with the devil. He's going to get you. But when you humble yourself, you draw an eye to God, the devil's going to run away. There's nothing that he can do. So stay close to God. Admit you're weak and that you cannot win on your own. Hide behind the Savior. I hide behind Jesus Christ for my salvation. It's all about Him. I'm getting in on His coattails. It's not going to have anything to do with my work. It's going to be by His blood. I am covered in His blood, that's the only reason I'm going to heaven. We are no match for Satan on our own. But Satan is no match for us when we're with God. No match at all. So one way or another, we eventually are going to be humble. Those who humble themselves, though, the Bible says, will be exalted. But those who God has to humble, those ones are going to be abased. Matthew twenty three eleven says, But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. They'll be brought down. If you're about lifting yourself up, you will be brought down. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Those who humble themselves get lifted up. So, one way or the other, you're eventually going to be humble. You can either be humbled now, which will result in you being exalted later, or you can... Be full of pride now. Exalt yourself now. And later, be humbled by God. And now I'm telling you right now, I, I wouldn't recommend that. That is not the way you want to go. So, if I were you, I would choose humble myself. And if you do that, Satan has no power over you. So I hope you'll do that today. So let's all stand together right now.